ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Diet Time is here. That's right, we're talking Jason X, still on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. This is your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the far reaches of outer space. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the gory details of Jason X in the hopes that a space student's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we can make at their expense. And as always, there is only one person I trust to get all the blood off the headset before I put it into my ear. The one and the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? Uh, I, I'm good, but you've already forgotten that uh, I, I've changed our names temporarily in keeping with the, the spirit and the uh, <laughs> the futuristic flavor mm-hmm. of Jason X. Uh, I believe in the in the last episode, uh, we were Bandit and Cyclone. Yes, Bandit uh, and Cyclone. I, I have decided that I'm going to change it up a little bit, going to spice it up a little bit. Now we're Bazooka and Chisel. <laughs> Whatever you want, you they're 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 completely agender. Which whichever one you want to go with is is fine. Uh, do they always have to be B's and C's? Or are we just going down a list of B and C words that you had available to you? They're, they're just kind of the first things. I I almost kind of <laughs> slipped into all the names from from Space Mutiny, and I was yeah. like, well, I don't want I don't want to rip that off. So let me let me <laughs> try something else. And those two just immediately came to mind. You know, it does say something that Space Mutiny does have better special effects than this movie, but of course those. <laughs> Special effects were made by the Academy Award winner of the guy who made Star Wars. So, oh, imagine that. if there was a chase scene involving Jason driving around in a golf cart. <laughs> How much, you know, that would ma- almost make this an, an endurable movie. I mean, he does know how to drive a boat. So, how much difference is there between a boat and a golf cart? About, you think about it, 20 miles an hour, I think. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And he does not dock that boat well. He just rams it into that pier. And everyone's like, that's what you do. And they go about their day. We're not here to talk about Part 8. We're here to talk about Jason X. Although, we might as well be talking about Part 8, really. (laughs) There's there's not much substantive difference. It is endless and as ponderous and as irritating in every possible way as Part (laughs) 8. I came into this with the highest of hopes, and every time I push play on a section of this movie, they are dashed harder (laughs) than the time before. (laughs) Well, I don't want to alarm you, Gina, but we are not alone. That's right. Our special guest for this week is a writer and podcast. You've probably heard her on such fine programs as the Screencast and F This Movie and Just the Discs. It's the one and the only Stephanie Crawford. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for gracing us with your delightful presence. I've heard you on so many podcasts, and every time I'm like, I gotta get her on the show! And I finally did. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Finally, you can tell me to stop talking so much. I assume that this... That's what this is. This is some sort of intervention that we've brought you here. Say, oh, we we brought you here to talk, but really, it's like, <laughs> please shut up. Just tell me off, and then I'll just quietly listen to Bazooka and Chisel. I'll be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just can't decide between being Bazooka and Chisel. Now, I'll be Bazooka, but only if once you guys tell me something, I spring backwards from the fright and surprise of it. Like, like Bazooka Joe. <laughs> and I see you were, I was just thinking of the you know, enormous shoulder-mounted weapon, but but you're going a different you're going a different way than I am. Yes, as always. <laughs> I've I've chosen the more obscure reference to make a joke of. Gina, it's it's kind of my bit. So, Stephanie, uh, it is our tradition here on the Kill by Kill podcast to ask our guests what their first introduction was to the Friday the 13th franchise. What was it for you? Well, for me, uh, it was late night on Cinemax. I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies yet, um, so I would just stay up late 
I'd turn it on and normally there'd be a Skinamax movie on. I'd be like, oh, come on. I'd change the channel back to cartoons. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> they'd put a horror movie on. And one night it was Friday the 13th, part three. Ooh. And that was my first. And that was probably one of the first five horror movies I ever saw. And the other ones were Pinocchio's Revenge, Rumpled Silkskin, Leprechaun 3, and The Pit and the Pendulum. Okay. So (laughs) that is, I don't think I could have picked those out of a hat in a million years as the first one. You wouldn't want to put your hand in that hat. No. Some of it would be very greasy, and some of it would probably come from Romania, even though they told you it was filmed in New Jersey. My, I guess my question regarding part three for you is, those two sto- store owners at the beginning of the movie, uh, is it your opinion that that is the worst convenience store that has ever been portrayed on film, or merely the second worst? Well, if those are my two choices, I'm going to go with second. Because I can't fully discredit anything with that much character. (laughs) Well, he loves trains. He loves to taste test fish food. He enjoys uh, knocking down peanuts with warm fruit drink that's been sitting open on his shelf. And also, he handles rabbits and then your food. Exactly. And how many bodega owners do you know that much about in your (laughs) day-to-day life? Probably not that many. Probably not that many. Not that many have a toilet in their storeroom. That's another one that was a revelation to me. Yeah, this this whole sequence was uh was was Patrick Zapruder film. He just kind of <laughs> went over it with a fine tooth comb, just not missing a single detail. It's fascinating. It's not just exposed wires uh making uh, rubber snakes come at you at you at you. Like, there's a lot of detail in there. No, and you're lovingly bringing it back into my memory. So. <laughs> well, I, if you're criticizing it, it, no offense, you're doing a terrible job. <laughs> no, we're not here to sell people on the Friday the 13th franchise. We, we do not look at it in through uh, rosy colored glasses. This is, our love is real, and that means it's kind of gritty and wrong. Yeah, and if anything, we, we are constantly being told, no, that one's actually really good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have heard that a couple times about Jason X in particular, and I'm like, mm, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not good. This is ungood. <laughs> it's like, I don't even want to use the word bad. I, I just want to create a new word. So I just did. It's ungood. And, and <laughs> pe- people don't argue it quite as vociferously as trying to argue that part five is good. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I have seen a few people who insist this is their favorite one. And my question is, what are you smoking? And may I please have some? Because- <laughs> I mean, now, not to be fair, I think in one person's case, it was the only one they saw, which, all right, I guess it would be also, it would be both the best one and the worst one you've seen. So that, that is, that is, that is, (laughs) there ergo, your opinion is invalidated. But to watch other ones in the series and insist this is the best one? I guess it's the best one that takes place on a spaceship. I mean, if you qualify it enough, it'll find a home in the best of that particular category. But you really have to get specific. I mean, the best in shameless ripoffs of aliens? Sure, why not? <laughs> they they really corner the market in that. Oh my god. It just the idea that they kept referencing aliens in the hopes that the shine of that would reflect upon their own you know, movie, and yet you pause anything in this movie and just look at a picture of it. I'm looking at the medical bay they're in right now, and just the details in here alone would drive you crazy. There's a jukebox in the corner. (laughs) You don't need a jukebox in your medical bay. (laughs) You just don't. Also, on a table, there is three stick shifts. I (laughs) I'm not fucking kidding you. There's one that's an L shape, one that is a bit of a horseshoe with a thing sticking out of the top of it, like a lowercase h, and the other one is like an uppercase h, but very thin. Why do you need three of those stick shifts with those directions on it? Why do you need one? I don't know. It's a fucking table. (laughs) I don't know what the... 
like is is there one of those things where you grab a stuffed toy for just out of camera frame and I don't get to see it because that would add a lot of visual interest. But yeah, and in terms of the like the the shamelessness of the similarities, the homage to aliens is that again, as as we tend to do with this, we're watching it in in increments. And each segment I watch, well, surely it's not going to rip it off any more than this. And and at each each section, it, it digs in a little deeper <laughs> and a little more and a little more. Remember this movie? Remember? Eh? 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 You like this movie? Well, we're doing it even better. No. <laughs> Just reminding yeah. of us of an actual good movie. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing better than a bad movie trying real hard to make you think of a good movie i always return to it it's that sequence in laser blast where the guy who's melding with the alien amulet looks out the window of a moving van and sees a a billboard for star wars and blows it up like (laughs) yeah fuck you star wars laser blast is in town think if they could have gotten away with it there'd be some posters of aliens like along with the <laughs> joysticks maybe or the uh, shit. yeah sure <laughs> doesn't matter what they are i don't think so i don't know because at what they're using very 2000s late 90s colloquialisms throughout this movie and yet when some person says it's just like riding a bike another character goes uh what's a bike and there's also oh. also also somebody says says you can't you just beam us up and was like and another character's like beam us up what <laughs> question mark question mark exclamation point and then like the very next scene there is again to keep using the word shameless a shameless reference to Star Wars oh god I mean that beam you up thing drives me crazy because if if for whatever reason, Stephanie, you said to me, catch the next stagecoach out of town. And I looked at you like, what is stagecoach? <laughs> Who? Why? Is there a stage on a very large coach? No, you would still know. It's like a transportation device. And even though you're that, using I'd it. I'd shake you and say, figure it out with the context, man. And it's the <laughs> same situation with beam us up. It sounds like exactly what it is. You'd be like, oh, frozen person, you must mean some kind of fast transport out of here. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they, bad they, news for you. Yeah, and somehow they have the technology to to regenerate human tissue, but they don't have any sort of you know transponder technology. No, you 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 have to wait for you know, the 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 rickety old shuttle to unlock its to painstakingly unlock itself <laughs> from its from its landing bay. Yeah, it it has hard rods keeping it in place <laughs> that no one thinks to pop open oh god i i am coming over to your side gina i think i might really hate this movie Good. it's, it's making Good. hate the logic of the movie and these films are not inherently about logic the fact that they're illogical, that people who are looking for the guy that they're hot for wander outside instead of into the living room, that's something I kind of like. It's super weird, but I kind of like it. This is just dumb for the sake of dumb. Like, there, if you showed me various versions of, of the script or the outline or their shooting schedule and there was ever space for take two... I would eat my own hat. It's just, there's no fucking way because there's just so many things that fly that you're like, if you thought about for half a second, you'd be like, this isn't working guys. Can we come up with anything else? But no. And then they filmed it all, edited it down into a movie and then put it on a shelf for two years where nobody looked at it. And they're like, now, two years later, people are just going to eat this up with a spoon. Finally, they're ready to appreciate it. <laughs> it's festered to the perfect point. That's <laughs> right. It's like a fine wine that just needed time to come together in an oak barrel. <laughs> I'm so relieved you, you both feel the same way about this movie <laughs> as I do. 
And Jason X was my first theatrical Friday the 13th experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. I, I wish you could retroactively go and get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little traumatic, too. Well, th- it was for free. It was my first job as a teenager at a movie theater. Um, and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man just came out. Jason X came out the week before. And I was like, this is a great time to be a horror fan. I can't wait. But I was too young to see Jason X by myself. So on my break, I snuck in. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to see a little Jason X. And I walked right into the nipple torture scene. <laughs> I was like, I can't. <laughs> That's too much for me. That I'm still not quite sure if the audience is supposed to think that that is like sexy or not. There, there's a lot in this happens in this movie that I'm not sure what the audience is supposed to take away from it. Like yeah. like some of these clothing choices, for instance. Mm. <laughs> like the one character is wearing a cardigan with no shirt underneath it. <laughs> I am on record as saying I enjoy its use of knits because the other films really avoid knits because it's often New Jersey in the summertime and that's not sweater weather. Sorry, Mrs. Voorhees. So I enjoy the mixture of textures, but I also find it insane that it's always open where it should be closed and closed where it should be open and that janice's jacket is is clipped together with entire iron bars and and cropped when it doesn't need to be cropped and Mm. and what was the 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 character who got stuck in the uh the um Christ, the, her, her face got frozen. Uh, yes. She had like she looked like she was wearing two leotards. <laughs> oh, that out! Oh no. <laughs> so if, if there's, I really it doesn't leave anything to the imagination, but really it sets the imagination alight because neither one of those tops is truly a top, and combining them only makes the disparity between them even weirder. <laughs> I'm just getting angrier, and you're just talking about the fashion. <laughs> no, this movie doesn't care about human beings or how we we take in anything they're putting on the screen. No, that- it, it really doesn't. And 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 I again, I keep harping on the 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 aliens references, and I'm going to definitely come back to them because, like I said, they're even more you know, just kind of really in your face with it here. It's just that do you how dumb do you think this audience is? <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna see what you're doing here and and again it's like it's like do you think this is funny to to be this obviously ripping them off or do you think it i mean i hope they don't think they're being subtle i mean <laughs> the only thing this movie is missing is some random little kid just showing up out of nowhere which i was expecting <laughs> at, at any minute oh if it could have been a virtual kid that would have been oh. <laughs> chef kiss <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would I'm great. the only kid at the summer camp this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a special junior student. I'm a child prodigy. This what this movie needs is a Reggie the Reckless to scream. Because as much as I hate part five, the one part that is universally fantastic is that kid's scream when he sees Jason slash Roy hiding his jowls underneath the hockey mask. Yeah, that is a full-throated scream. It really is. A full-throated, girlish scream. (laughs) Reggie's my favorite character in the entire series in my most hated movie of the series. Oh, see, I knew you... You were the right person to be on this show. We we can 100% do a part five hate fest that is i am down for that 100 i think you guys deserve that kind of purging <laughs> maybe uh, you need it i don't know i'm so burned out on these movies oh my god <laughs> I, I can't wait for them to be over it's like nightmare on elm street could not come soon enough and i'll probably hate those too but they'll they'll happen faster so you know there barely anyone dies in them so like we'll whip through them in three to four episodes it'll, it'll be a breeze and some of them are good i some love that series you have to get to five to get to one that's like truly abominable well, that's good <laughs> time out <laughs> Wait a second. do you just like stairways i mean what is it about five that what you enjoy Oh no, I'm just with Freddy's Stan. Even the okay. bad ones, I find weird charm in them. Yeah, you should love what you love. 
That, that, don't let me talk you out of it. As long as it's not Friday the 13th Part 5 or Jason X. All right, we're on the same page. <laughs> we're on yeah. the same page. I think, I think so, we can agree on that. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's do a quick body count. Let's decide who is still alive at this point in the movie. And the answer is too many people. <laughs> There's an entire cast of the original Friday the 13th left in this movie that have not died yet it's crazy how many people have not died they all have to die <laughs> so hard but I they don't it didn't seem like they started out with a cast of 50 at the beginning but they had to have <laughs> they it keep introducing motherfuckers all in throughout the entire movie like the next time you look you're like i've never seen that guy with the do-rag on he's it's, brand new it's like it's like uh i don't know if either of you ever watched the tv series of under the dome where where if you do if you haven't don't because it's abominable but but <laughs> i watched the beginning of it and then <laughs> the concept is obviously as you know as the book a small town small town mm-hmm. is caught under a dome Somehow, more than a season into it, they were still introducing new characters. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and you know, this is supposed to be a town of like 500 people, and like a bunch of them get taken out when this when this dome just comes crashing down, and yet they're still introducing new characters. <laughs> how are we not? This is a this is a spaceship. How how are we still just finding random people just popping up out of nowhere? You were trying I'm to add unfreezing try, them, trying to add Maybe a little. There's co- an attic. Yeah, space attic. You know, like there's a guy with a pirate up there, or a parrot just like waiting to come down. Like, ah, you know, and they tr- have to get to me. And trying to add a little color to the cast, so we've got yo hippie Dennis Franz. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, let's start right off with Rowan. Uh, she is supposedly the lead of this movie, and as Gina has stated quite plainly, she is exactly like Ripley. If you remove everything but the dark hair, then she's exactly like Ripley. (laughs) She doesn't have any agency. She doesn't have any very hard opinions. She's not really a leader, nor is she a follower. She exists. You can't see through her, so we know she's real. She looks but perturbed. That's about it. She looks perturbed much of the time. Not yes. particularly scared, just perturbed. Yeah, it- she almost knits her eyebrows twice. <laughs> almost. It, if you were not listened to this hard, I think you would be frustrated too. Because no one gives a fuck what comes out of her mouth. They're just immediately like, What? An undead serial killer is undead on the spaceship? I don't believe you, undead serial killer. All right, but we'll we'll kill it. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's, it's just like she. I don't know why. If no one's going to believe her, why is she there? Like, what is? But she's also not a leader. Like, no one listens to her, and it's very frustrating. And I've given up caring. I think a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, everyone acts like they're stressed out, and it's like a pilot for a Canadian space opera television. <laughs> yeah, show. there's there's a I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when the um when the ship crashes into the uh, the space station, is that what that Solaris, is? Yeah. Solaris. Yeah, everybody's reactions are very understated. Like, like to the point where you wonder if there's a carbon monoxide leak in the room. <laughs> like one guy's like, "Don't worry, we're gonna be okay." And then later, when when another character discovers someone just, like, chopped to bits, his reaction is, oh, Lou, oh, my God. <laughs> Come like, on, man. Like, like, Can't be a Just, like, everybody is just <laughs> really super laid back. Not in this, the, the, the space station blows up right in front of them. Oh, my God, it's gone. What do you mean mm-hmm. it's gone? It's gone. And it's just like, ah, well, guess we're switching to plan B. <laughs> How exactly is this spaceship more durable than that space station? Well, it, it very slowly crashed into it. <laughs> and yet some and yet somehow it kind of scraping the top off of a dome that looks like something you'd see in a in a shopping mall. <laughs> and then taking out two buildings? 
it it causes the entire space station to blow up. No force fields, no stop gates. Yeah, nothing. No one had. Yes, how are you going through space without no space shields? It's like (laughs) it's done so slowly that it reminds me of the scene in Airplane where he misdirects the plane and it slowly crashes (laughs) into the airport. (laughs) I kept waiting for him to cut to like a control person going. No! <laughs> like, I'm kind of hoping for that. You need that Jaws 3D cutaway where it shows Louis Gossett Jr. going, as this very wooden shark slowly pushes into a window without moving its tail. Like, it's just, like it's on cruise control. Like, someone sent it from the other side of the lake and it's just through the window. God, that, why are we watching Jaws 3D? <laughs> the world's ugliest looking movie. Oh God, Jaws 3D. I've, t- I've told I've told the story on the podcast before, but uh, for those who may not have listened to the 3D episode, uh, I went to go see Jaws 3D like five times in the movie theater because I was obsessed with Bess Armstrong. If you want to know my type. And then uh, my mother uh, uh, escorted me there a couple of times. And then I was like, the fuck this, I'm going to drop you off in the theater. I'm like, why don't you want to see the world's greatest movie called Jaws 3D? <laughs> and she's like, well, I can't stand that Bess Armstrong. Every time she kisses Dennis Quaid, she goes, hi, honey. And from that moment on, that's all you can think about is how she kisses Dennis Quaid audibly. <laughs> She there goes not- my so-called life rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you, do people not kiss with any sort of noise? That that well, seems very odd to me. But it's, but uh, I mean, it's one thing to make certain mouth noises and whatnot. But hers is like oh, the lead, the, 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 the lead in the. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a verbalization of approach and then land. <laughs> It's it's a yeah. that, that, that that does seem like more of a way you would kiss a child than uh, than kiss your boyfriend, I guess. The, yes, she's it's living 3D with this kissing. Man. <laughs> it. It's coming right at you <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, uh, who else is left alive in this? Oh, just a bunch of jerks. Like, <laughs> what is different about all these students? Aside from the shade of red or green that they're wearing, like there's I, no, I, they're I, all brown haired. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I noticed it's actually hit me for the first time how much alike Rowan and uh, uh, Kinza and who was the third girl, the one that keeps Janisa. Making, they they all look alike. Janisa. They do. They don't even have a curly haired girl in this one, and. I feel like that's a terrible tradition to break. You need an occasional curly hair girl just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. We could get one that's a different shade of white. That would be neat. But no, everyone is the same outline as each other. They're not even different Simpsons characters. They're all the same. The only woman who sets herself apart here is the robot, and that's because her nipples keep falling off. She still has brown hair, though. It's a reddish brown, so total totes diff. Oh God! So as we as we re-enter the action, as we've been talking for a half an hour, just in general about the film and Jaws 3D. Um, what's a, God? I've given up. <laughs> I am feeling general me, do you, malaise. Do you want me to? Do you want me to take over, kind of explaining the plot? Are, are you? Are you <laughs> Are you weary? Is your, does your does your soul need replenishing, Patrick? Uh, are are we exchanging roles where you're you're going to take us from point A to point B? Well, you know we're Maybe. like we're like war buddies. You're like I can't go on. <laughs> tell, tell Becky I love her. I was like, and I have to get down and slap you around a little bit and say you never gave up anything in your life. Now live, damn it, live. That's not true. I gave up on a lot of things, most notably community college i said no more i'm not learning anything here and i'm not getting anything about it my life improved vastly after the fact you're just gonna give me a crumpled up piece of paper and i have to take it to your family it's just notes on jason x 
and end with the last ragged fuck this movie with like the like the line coming the e like coming off the page. <laughs> I mean, at one point, one of our guests, and I forget which one, so my apologies, said that it was sort of our mission in life to talk about Friday the Thirteenth movies, and it's been weighing on me a lot since then. Like, I think I need a new mission because. <laughs> there's got to be more to me I, I can't think of anything more depressing than the thought of myself dying and someone bringing my wife and child like this is what your husband did this podcast about Friday the 13th they're like oh fuck that this is his masterpiece <laughs> oh god his legacy <laughs> this is this will get you through college son no, no it won't Dad, you did two commercials. I don't think that's getting me anywhere. What's happening in this movie? Let's pull pull it together, pull it together, pull it together, pull it together, pull it together. What's happening in this movie? We start off in the this med bay that's got three fucking stick shifts in a table. And we get low talking to everyone else. And I guess trying to make himself feel better or f- seem like the good guy where he's like, they shouldn't have gone in. I told them not to. They went in unprepared, and everyone just stares at him like, can we move on to the next scene? And then they do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everyone clutches their hair like the answer is in the back of their head, and then they move on to the next scene. Although uh, Clutch then joins the action. And there's a lot going on with Clutch. First of all, he's wearing a vest that looks like a carpet you would find at uh, on the floor of a Payless. And then he's also he's wearing beads. I don't I don't know what time period he's from. He seems to be from a diff- different time. At one point in this sequence, he tells a uh, Waylander. Fuck. What what kind of a name is Waylander? He tells Waylander, oh, you should have been around for the Microsoft conflict. Oh, God. <laughs> what could that possibly be? What, what could the Microsoft conflict be outside of the thing you put down on paper to say to the producer? Yeah, I wrote today. See, look. <laughs> <laughs> this would be relevant each other the- with our own severed limbs. <laughs> Yeah, and, joke, and, and nobody and nobody asks questions. Like when he finds someone, just you know, cuts to pieces. He says, "Ah, eh, I've seen worse." And the other cat, <laughs> Wayland, Waylander, just looks at him like, "All right, I'm not going to ask." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm good. You know, it's like, how do you not ask? <laughs> There's no absorption in this movie. And, 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 literally... and, I, and I mean, this this part is probably when they find this this character who I insist is Ted Nugent, um, <laughs> just just chopped into like twelve pieces at this. Con- you know, it's it's genuinely kind of gross. I mean, the 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 special effects are decent ish. I mean, everything's very gooey. Everything looks, yeah. you know, freshly chopped, and he's just like <laughs> freshly chopped. He's just like, I've seen worse. What could you possibly have seen worse than this? <laughs> Recently, I, yeah, I don't. Th- that Microsoft conflict joke. I, I don't know who would chuckle at this. I, no, I no, no, assume there's, most there's, people would just look down at it. There's, there's a worse one to 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 come later in the scene. The, the I already referenced it. The Star Wars reference uh. between KM and Sunaron, and it's just like <laughs> might be the fourth time or so that I out loud muttered the words "fuck you" movie. <laughs> Yeah, we need, that fucking needs to get hell. its own section here. Let's let's get through this spaceship basically dry humping a space station to death. It's so slow. It's so slow. This space station looks like I don't know anything out of Rollerball, just in outer space. That I assume that's all this space station does is receive guests and they all go to Rollerball together. Because that's what it looks like, just a cityscape and a place to do rollerball. It's a space mall. Like, like the dome that they, <laughs> they, they take out looks like something you'd see in a shopping mall. Where the, yeah, one, there's one, a place one, for Santa. There's a place for yeah, the Easter Bunny they, to show up. You know, one of those there's high a Spencer's end, Gifts. You know, one of those high-end malls that has, like, a California pizza kitchen in it. 
Yeah, you can tell how I grew up when I consider a California pizza kitchen to be fancy eaten. <laughs> but it's like they, they just kind of eased into this thing like, like a bus pulling into the Port Authority. It's just like... <laughs> and just like... like just glass just floating away it's it's just it's it's the least dramatic crashing into a space station scene that has probably ever been filmed yeah they hold so lovingly over this terrible cgi and there's there's no love put into there why like it feels like it's 10 minutes just staring at it (laughs) it's such an assault on the eyeballs (laughs) and they keep dragging it out i mean at one when it goes over the dome the glass that flies away is everything is so weightless and not in a there's no gravity in space dumb dumb way. There's just no gravity to any of the explosions or the impact. It's just something that happens like a person walking down a hallway. Here we I think Godzilla has better special effects when models blow up than that. No question. It's like a screensaver, and I feel like I'm still watching it. <laughs> yes. This is the flying toaster of Friday the 13th movies. Um, before this happens, when Lou is attacked, he, he, he radios the space station to, to let them know that we have a situation up here. This is a real go fuck. I was- no, I think it's a goat fuck. Which, which <laughs> I, I, I know, I, yeah, I'm, pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure about that because I'm like... Is that is that is some sort of euphemism I can look forward to when I'm ahead on a robot body in 450 years? I do not like that, sir. Thank you very much. He very well may say goat fuck, but the closed captions say go fuck with a hyphen. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying no part of it is right. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> and that is all for Lou. He is chopped to death. Yeah, he gets a good chop. Oh, yeah. Like a a fresh salad. Yeah. It's off screen, though. Like, you mentioned the aftermath is really grisly and well done, but you don't actually see it happening. You get, like, one... You get one little slurp of blood across a control panel. That's about it. The strawberry jam goes on the screen. That's about it. (laughs) And it doesn't even run down the screen in a satisfying manner. (laughs) Um, yeah, and that's, there goes my favorite character in uh, all of cinema, uh, Lou, <laughs> the guy who wears a red plastic cowboy hat. Now, I'm going to tell a very quick story about red plastic clothing. Before I do, uh, either of you own a pair of red plastic clothing of any kind? No. Not any that I'm comfortable talking about. Here. No, you don't have to overshare here. That's that's fine. You you can pass. Uh, the one person I've ever seen in person uh, wear red plastic clothing was Pamela Anderson. We were on a set for a special shoot for a show she did for Fox, where she was a hot girl in a bookstore, and that was it. That that was what the show was about. It was called Stacked, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Uh, everyone <laughs> on the set hated uh, this idea so much they all participated in it, and then it became the opening credits for the show. But at the time, they thought it was dumb and they did not want to participate, and yet they were all there, including Pamela Anderson, who at one point decided to voice her displeasure with the idea we were attempting to film. By shoving her breasts into my wife's face and saying, I don't want to be cheesy. (laughs) I'm not making that up. She was sitting in a director's chair, my wife, and Pamela Anderson literally thrust her breasts into her face to tell her that she did not want to participate any longer in this. Uh, This sequence was directed by David LaChapelle because everyone had money to throw away. David LaChapelle showed up with a whippet that only drank champagne and did not walk, was carried everywhere. And the entire set was smoked because it's a bookstore. It should look like it's on fire. Yeah. So that's my story about red plastic clothing up until the point I saw Lou wear a red plastic cowboy hat. That's been Patrick's old timey Hollywood stories. There's the spotlights happening right now. Congratulations, yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent this entire movie thinking this character was played by Ted Raimi. And, <laughs> and I was oh like, God. I was like, whoa, that's great. not that's not Ted Raimi? Because it seems like a Ted Raimi role. 
Yes. Yeah, it would have been a little more charming if it was. No, he was down. He was down in New Zealand filming Xena and could not make it all the way back up to Canada. But this is that was totally a role that was meant to be played by him. Thank God for him. <laughs> uh, the only thing missing uh, from that uh, scene where the spaceship crashes into the space station is a five-year-old uh, making room noises as he pushes one model into the other. Well, here's the thing. Again, to belabor a point, this was a key scene in Aliens in which they're, they were supposed to be rescued by a, their flight team. Mm-hmm. And uh, the alien got on board, this little you know, extra you know, spaceship, killed them all, and it crashed into it. And it crashed, basically cutting them off from their, their first immediate method of rescue. And yet somehow that scene was much more exciting and well done. <laughs> and and did not involve anybody slowly crashing into a glass dome. Yeah, and it was all models. It, you know, it was all projections, and yet it looks a billion times better than this. And it's not just because they spent more than eleven million Canadian on it. And it's not. It's, it, didn't, it doesn't even crash. It sort of just skims over it. It's, it's <laughs> like when you you know when you drive your first car and you're a teenager and and like you know the, the muffler falls out. <laughs> And it just sort of scrapes down the road and makes sparks, and boy, that makes a lot of noise. And and but that's exactly what this feels like. Yeah, it's very Zeppelin esque. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Only there's no guy yelling into a microphone, "Oh, the humanity!" Because there's no humanity involved in this. So after this happens, they decide, okay, what we'll do is we'll get in the shuttle. We'll get in the shuttle. And, and we'll fly away from this spaceship and we'll leave Jason behind, which isn't a bad plan. It isn't at all. It just requires everyone to split up. So uh, Clutch and Waylander. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're skipping, you're skipping a, a, a key moment in which oh, we what? discover that even 450 years in the future, Jason still hates Windows. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. He hates. Uh, he, he, he hates obstructive. He views. fakes. He fakes them out. He, he somehow <laughs> knows the old. I'm going to knock on the door for a few minutes. You wait for them to stand there and see if I'm going to come busting through that and come busting through something else instead. Because they spend an awful lot of ta- long time staring at that door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just a painfully long time, just <laughs> silently staring at this door. I love. They say maybe he gave up. Maybe he gives a little. Nah, shit as we do and he just gave up and he's not killing people anymore and, and there's kind of I love fun- that <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's a scene like there's a moment where where rowan kind of looks thoughtful and i'm like you know she looks kind of puzzled i'm like oh please god i hope this movie isn't implying that they have some sort of psychic link and then she <laughs> yes and, I have the same and that and that she knows what he's going to do next please god don't don't tell me this is where this movie is gonna go and and no i think that's i think that's just her thinking face Oh, Gina, you read my fucking mind. My notes are, Rowan tries to make a psychic connection with Jason. Or is just listening really hard, question mark? You choose. She reacts so little that her thinking, we're like, oh, she's psychic. Look at that. Oh, shit, something's happening. When really she's just making a sort of, did I leave the iron on face? (laughs) So everyone scooby-doo's out of there, but low. And then, for like, what was his shoelace caught in a grate? I, I don't understand why he stays behind and everyone else escapes. But we then cut back to Lowe, who is hovering next to a a, a monitor that has a, a apparently a screensaver from the Virtuosity video game playing on it. <laughs> There's a lot of V's involved, uh, and he begins this three minute vaudeville routine. Where he's like openly bargaining with Jason, like I can make you famous, I can, I'll do all these things. You'll be rich. You'll never have to work again. Where does he think Jason Voorhees has been working? He, he's in a tattered leather poncho. That guy is not putting in quote unquote work. And then he turns his back to him, which is <laughs> like. <laughs> Now, uh, once again, we've got another aliens moment here in which he is the Burke, and yet, like Bur- also like Burke, we do not get the satisfaction of an on-screen death. 
Burke, like, abandoned everybody and then got stuck in this little, like, kind of room. And then, like, like you, you realize he was trapped in there with the alien. Then it cut away. We didn't get to see him get killed. Just like well, we don't... A reason, there is a reason for that, though. If I'm, I'm going to push up my nerd glasses. That's because the scene of him being stuck to the wall with an alien down his throat was cut from the final cut of the movie. Oh, that's true. That's Ripley true. finds him along the wall and gives uh, him a grenade so he can blow himself up. And you see the explosion, but you're, you you don't know why it, it's exploding. Oh, right so here. technically we're both correct then. Yes. Depending on what that's version what should you, be called. you've seen. Technically we're, we're both correct. changing the name correct. of the podcast to technically <laughs> correct. <laughs> it's still very much in, in keeping with, in the theatrical cut of how, you know, we still, you know, Burke is weaselly till the end and so is this mm-hmm. guy and we don't get the satisfaction of seeing him brutally killed on screen. <laughs> we see a severed head later, which, oh, okay, I guess that'll do, but. Yeah, but it's a, like a six on a scale of ten. Yeah. And I'm being generous. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I take it a little personally that there's so many off-screen deaths in the segment I'm on for. <laughs> I don't know that there is a segment that has super satisfying deaths. I think the the one that everyone thinks about, which is the girl with two half sweaters on who gets her face frozen, who's a doctor with tight pants. Uh, she gets her face frozen. That's like that because you actually see it. But everything else is cutaways. Even the guy who gets screwed by the giant space screw, you don't see the impact of that. You only see the result of it. And there must have been some sort of edict from New Line, like we can't show penetration. Excuse me. We can't. <laughs> show- <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. We must not. They must not have been able to show that, or they had a limit to get it past the MPAA, because every you're absolutely right, Stephanie. There's so much off-screen death that happens in this. You make it's no longer a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Because I hate myself, I put the commentary on a little bit. And at the tail end, the director was kind of justifying. He's like, well, you know, uh, they're okay with gore as long as, like, it has meaning. But if you're just showing some guy getting his heart ripped out because 14-year-old boys want to see his heart get ripped out, it just won't go. So we just, you know, we, we try to make it integral to the plot. And, and it made me so angry because it was such bullshit. It was such bullshit. Oh, my God. He knew he was lying, and it made me so angry. (laughs) Oh, God. You know, it's always best to hand off your film to a person who, deep down, doesn't like this kind of movie. Yeah, we've run into that before, where where, these are made by people who don't like or appreciate horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) That might be why the the last one that really feels like a Friday the, the 13th movie is part seven, because at least... Carl Buchler, like, this was what he was doing. If he wasn't going to make Friday the 13th Part 7, he was going to make something that was a lot like Friday the 13th Part 7. So he puts his heart and soul into it, and then, you know, it's cut to ribbons. Uh, It's still not a great movie. I I just like it. But at least it feels like the movie it's set out to make, and everyone is agreed, we're all going to act stupid because we're in a Friday the 13th movie. Whereas everything after that, people are just confused. And speaking of acting stupid, <laughs> let's get to the scene with KM and Sunaran. Yes. Uh, Please, appara- <laughs> I want to get to this scene. <laughs> we're apparently talking like C-3PO makes them hot for one another? Yeah, this is, they, they do a, a, either they don't remember how the line actually goes, or they were afraid <laughs> of copyright infringement, uh-huh. but she just mutters something about their chances of survival are 12%, and then they, they kiss, and she says, oh, now they're 53%. I don't know how that works. Uh, but I, I do appreciate that this whole scene with this you know, swelling of music is is very much set up like this is the big moment the audience has been waiting for the the nerdy guy and his vaguely creepy robot lady friend finally laying one on each laying one on each other as if he hasn't fucked her her robot her robot body nor- several times already <laughs> like this is this is treated like some sort of pure relationship where where he doesn't want to think of her that way but somehow she's developing human feelings as, no no 
movie, you don't get that payout. You you do you do not get that with you know you know with the audience. Oh, finally they're kissing. It's like no, this is creepy. <laughs> it's presented as if this is the season finale of Cheers, and Sam and Diane are finally going to kiss, and it has not earned any part of that comparison at all. They just okay. Uh, you kissed me. Now the odds of our survival went up. I I don't think that's how probability works. But <laughs> no, and, again, I mean, Glendale imp- Community College. That does it imply that that she is going to be more willing to save his life because you know? Well, now we're in love, and it's like no, that's terrible. Don't <laughs> don't, don't don't base if you love someone or not, and whether or not you're going to try to save their life. But I mean, I, I again, I just think it's. You know, I, I think it's supposed to be, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a cute moment in this movie about a, a, a undead serial killer. It, it, it's sweet. It's it's nice. Mm-hmm. They, this, you know, the romantic leads in this movie of, you know, a nerd and a robot. And, and <laughs> you know, a, a robot who up to, up to this point, you know, has very much leaned into that very tiresome, what mean to be human? You know, which, which you know, so many movies try, very few do well. And none of them are, you know, done in a kind of funny way. You know, you've got very deadly serious movies like Blade Runner, Ex Machina, movies like that in which, you know, it's it played very straight. You know, here it's funny. Oh, she wants breasts just like human. Oh, she wants, you know, to kiss a you know, man just like human. And it's all a little gross. <laughs> it's It yeah. has all the weight of a heartbeat's. One of the worst films <laughs> oh, no. ever committed to film. <laughs> because you know, she, she doesn't want to develop emotions. She just wants to know what it's like to be a sexy woman. <laughs> I think yeah. we all do. Um, <laughs> no, it reads, I'm sorry, did I say looks... that out loud or just think it? <laughs> Both, and it's fine. <laughs> but it, it reads, looks, and it feels like some guy writing fan fiction about his love doll. <laughs> it, and you're right, really they're trying does. to add this cute gravitas to it. It's like, nope. Nope. See, Mom, this is real. My love is real. (laughs) Didn't you watch Jason X? Yeah, Um, it's it's so it's so grody. It's just such a grody (laughs) moment, and and again, like you are supposed to think that it's cute, and and the and the just the the wildly varying tones of this movie it just you go from you know oh look they're having sex oh look they're very serious oh look here's somebody's getting their face smashed into a counter and it's it's like it's you know i how am i supposed to feel movie i don't know how i'm supposed to feel except rage that's all i feel about this movie the entire movie operates as if just off camera there's someone throwing up their hands and going ah good enough for today and that's how it goes it's miller time (laughs) (laughs) like they can't accuse us of not working we have things that are filmed all right see you tomorrow (laughs) that was a shoot (laughs) oh god great work guys (laughs) way to be so cut to uh janissa janessa and ken Kinja, fuck, Kin- I don't. Kinsa, Kinsa, I don't know. I my... feel dirty saying correcting you about <laughs> anyone's name here. But... Oh, we never, oh, we can never remember anybody's names, and no. not not in this movie, not in most of those, not in most of the movies at this point. <laughs> but most of the people have real names, not made up names. The, these are not; these are like extra uh, consonants put into real names just for funsies. But my only point in bringing up this scene in which they wander back into that fucking cargo bay, which is not cinematic in any way, shape, or form, and yet we keep returning to it like we spent all this money on this blacked-out set with a couple of, 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 of you know, girders sitting in the middle of it. And <laughs> Rowan has this gun, and... The two other girls are walking in front of her. You put the person with the gun in front. Also, it's just sort of it's, it's sort of a throwaway line that 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 uh, that Rowan just knows how to use this gun. This this four four hundred fifty years into the future, like you know how to use that? She's like, yeah, it's just like riding a bike. What? <laughs> it's like, how do you know how to use this? This this like you know. This, Somebody, you you handing a, a you know, a Roman soldier a rocket launcher, say, yeah, you know how to use this, right? Yes, very, yay, verily, I know how to use this rocket launcher. 
<laughs> she did push Jason with a shotgun earlier in the movie, so we at least have seen her operate a gun. Nevertheless, several guns. But even so, the gun looks like she's holding an empty gift raptor tube. So it doesn't really look threatening. And also, when people are walking in front of you, it makes your ability to use said gun rather silly. Maybe it's one of those guns that kind of can shoot around things, like that like that Angelina Jolie movie. Oh, she's like a wanted, that one? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that as a noun. She's one of them wanteds? Sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Why not? Um, oh, God. This stupid-ass movie. Anyways, uh, Rowan finds Brodsky. He's not dead. He's just crumpled up by an empty iron container. She tries to lift him. She can't. She goes, I'll come back for you. And so more people get split up than there were before. Uh, cut to the cockpit and we discover that Clutch and Waylander find Red Plastic Hat's body. Uh, we get the Microsoft joke. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about all of this. Can we end it? Um... <laughs> Well, we do have we do have one more really stupid death. It's well, true. no, two because uh, uh, Clutch gets his face squeezed. I I, <laughs> I can't quite figure out. He he gets smashed. Little... Electrocuted squeeze. Yeah, he gets a face pounding into electricity. Well, no, but he he was facing like Jason had his hand over his face, and then just kind of like you know squishes him into this electrical panel. I I guess. <laughs> I guess. Just making sure. I mean, the one of the one of the few on-screen deaths, and it's completely incomprehensible, which is I mean, very odd. Which boring is very and incomprehensible, and goes on for much too long. That says very <laughs> uh, on brand in several ways for this movie. Yes. Well, I mean, it, Jason shows up with Lowe's severed head, either on just his like, machete, just like skewered, or just holding it, like just That's skewered fine. on his machete, like a like an olive, like an olive on a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we got a sad sandwich, only not associated with the sandwich going on here. And that head just appears on camera for a very long time. Now, <laughs> I'll say this for the record, it looks better than the last severed head that we saw in part 7? No, wait a second, we saw a, a severed head in part 8 too. Is this better than, than that boxer's head? <laughs> Shows up in Canada Cop's car? Well, it's got, all, it's got an awfully like 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 straight cut line it looks very much like a mannequin head i guess <laughs> i guess it's okay i mean you could at least at least as opposed to the head part seven you could tell who it was supposed to be yeah where, the whereas pet, the where head the part, part seven it, it just like, looks like a melted candle <laughs> <sighs> jesus these movies <laughs> why do we watch them again this is the movie that broke me. How is that possible? I didn't break during part eight when there was an entire sequence around hot smoking bread. I just rolled with it. Okay. So Clutch sees this head that's on camera for far too fucking long. And he's like, I've got a problem. Cut away. And then he gets his face smashed into an electric panel. I still don't understand exactly what happened to Lou, other than the fact that he's in several pieces all over the place. Um, and then what else happens? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kinza gets into the shuttle that they're all going to escape from. And once she hears that Clutch is dead, she's like, fuck it. I'm out of here. Bye. And decides to put that bad boy in gear. And she's not detached from the rest of the spaceship. And then she blows up good. This, this scene again, it, and it's played for prolonged drama. It just, this thing moves around oh like a God. toddler kicking a wall. It's just, it's like, <laughs> it's just a, let us in. No! Let us in, really. It's okay. No! I can't believe this whole section is only 15 minutes because that has to be 45 minutes. Just that exchange. These, ex these exterior shots. Oh, just, just artisan craftsmanship <laughs> just this this thing shaped like a metal sneaker just like kicking the side of this bigger spaceship <laughs> and then it just boop it just explodes <laughs> i mean it's very volatile 
um, I guess. Yeah, because apparently always... the, the, the fuel lines are exposed, which, <laughs> which, which seems to be some some faulty some faulty building on the on the designer's part. I mean, she just clutches her hair really hard, puts it into gear, and she's like, "Nah, I got to go." It makes me think that the that the shuttle was always going to blow up, and she just sacrificed herself because that's kind of the way it comes off. Yeah, I don't think she was trying to escape or anything. I mean, I just, but it's just, again, there's, there's no, there's not nearly enough, you know, dramatic payoff as this movie, as this scene would like you to think. And all you're thinking is, is, shouldn't a lot of the things, you know, be, that's happening here be prevented automatically? Like, oh, I don't know, maybe the engine would shut down if, if the fuel lines were, were not yet disconnected. Yeah, it's a future that, that shows you a lot of computers that don't, do much it's they a just... very incompetent future <laughs> really? yeah they give people like fancy makeovers and that's about it <laughs> yeah they got neat robot ants but that's as far as they've gone with robot and computer technology it, it, it's like they sh- it's like they shot their wad with being able to regenerate human tissue and it's like <laughs> well that's it you know, every, every, everything else is still hundreds of years behind the times as far as uh, as, as you know, technology is concerned You've gone from frozen to having lip gloss. That's about as far as the technology is going to take us. But you can grow this cool arm back. I guess that's good enough. <laughs> they should have left that guy with one arm. He's the worst. I can't believe no one cut off those dreadlocks. It's terrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. <laughs> I, I, this movie, unlike other movies where they present a bunch of characters that the movie goes, well, you hate these characters, so you enjoy watching them die. This movie is under the impression you love these characters and will just enjoy watching it th- them die because, well, that's what happens in a Friday the 13th movie. No, it's the former, not the latter. These characters are terrible. It's not even that they're terrible. It's just they're they're so. I I honestly still cannot remember all these characters' names, and we are over an hour into this movie, and and I still I honestly I, I hate to say this, I I thought that I did not recall that the black guy was Waylander. I I just <laughs> did not recall that until you mentioned it's like oh right that's his name. Yeah. I I've just been giving them I just been giving them nicknames. You know the guy in the hat was Ted Nugent or Ted <laughs> Raimi depending on on. You know, whatever I happened to be watching at the time. He's you know, definitely the, uh, Ted. You know, Clutch was was D Day because he reminds me of D Day from Animal House. You know, <laughs> it's just you know, every and and you know, Low was Burke. You know, all of these things you know, remind me of better movies. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good. But you know what's a lot better? It's Choose Your Own Death Venture. That's right. This is the moment where we decide. First of all, we're sick of talking about this movie. Second of all, <laughs> we decide all of the deaths that we covered in this section. If we were forced to die that way, which one would we choose and why? And so up for bid for this Choose Your Own Death Venture, we have hacked to pieces in some way, decapitated very cleanly, uh, face smashed into electronics, and blow yourself up in a space shuttle. And so, Stephanie, as our honored guest, I choose you to go first. And they have to be those choices? They have to be those. Yeah, th- that is, this is the game. You have to decide your fate. <laughs> You're dying one of these four ways. Which way are you going out? I guess I will take the crashed uh, escape shuttle. Okay. Now, you have to understand, there's going to be a lot of hair clutching before that. You're going to be and crying. Oh, I, crying, crying, but no tears. Just the act of crying without actual emotion. I think that's the exact acting level I can actually handle. <laughs> so I, I think I got this. All right. Well, it, you seem like you're confident, and that's all it takes. All right, Gina, what say you? Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I think that if I was going to go, I would definitely go during the Microsoft conflict. <laughs> and and I really hope that people got plenty of use out of my severed limbs by beating with uh, beating other people with them, because yeah, I'm a big believer in upcycling. But uh, <laughs> but since that is not an option, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to say you know, carved up like a like Christmas turkey, because that's a pretty spectacular way to go. You understand you're wearing that red plastic hat if you do this. You know, I, I enjoy hats. I don't always have the right <laughs> face for certain hats. 
But, you know, I think I could probably pull off a red plastic cowboy hat that looks like something Dennis the Menace would wear. Lou didn't have the right face for a hood. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah. It's very solid, mean for the solid, man, I... solid burn on solid Lou. Burn. Solid Me burn, but yow. unfair to this gentleman. <laughs> I should not take out my frustration on him. That is inappropriate. Um... I am going to choose decapitated very cleanly because this way my head can still be displayed in an open casket, which I'm sure is something that happens in space. Because they just, they just launch you, launch, come on, you saw the, the Wrath of Khan, they just launch you out of space. <laughs> That's right. Or a Pamela Voorhees shrine. Yeah. That can be classy. Well, she, she doesn't have a very clean decapitation. First of all, you can see the toothpicks and you can also <laughs> see... Uh, uh, her very hairy knuckles, which are really just uh, Tom Savini's assistant's hands come up in frame. And then in part two, we see that there's a lot of corpse juice involved in and that her, head. And her hair has gotten longer somehow. <laughs> right. Okay, but well, yours after would be beautiful. And maybe you could borrow that hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know... I don't know. I, I'm just I, I'm going with the decapitation because I've given up on life. I think that's <laughs> what it's come down to. And so that just about does it. Uh, Stephanie, you've been fantastic, and you're such a delightful presence everywhere you can be seen and heard. Uh, where can people find out more and hear more from you? Um, <laughs> this is also sad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not that sad. You don't have to finish out this movie. We have another whole uh, 20 plus minutes to talk about this dumbass movie. And I think maybe three people die. Not well, nearly you know, enough. I'm an empathetic person. I feel bad <laughs> yeah, for you, true. too. <laughs> I, I appreciate you thinking of us. Um, yeah. Uh, the easiest way would just uh, my Twitter. I'm Scrawfish on there and I link everything I do on there. Excellent. Check it out today. All right, Gina, uh, where can people find you on the internet? I write about movies and old television and pop culture at GinaRadcliffe.com, and I, too, am on Twitter at Porcelain72. That's right. Do it today. Don't delay. If you want to reach out to us, Twitter, of course, is the easiest way to do it. You got 280 characters to tell us what we said that was wrong and praise us for everything that we did right. At Kill by Kill Pod, we're on Instagram, Kill by Kill Podcast. Uh, we're, we have Facebook, too. We have a couple. We have a page and a group. Come on and, and dig in uh, and tell us about all the weird Friday the 13th news that you've heard. Uh, and that just about does it for today. Don't worry, though. The body count continues. And so, until next time, for Stephanie and for Gina and myself, bye bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.